news. Hey, everybody, be coming to you soon in a minute after the intro. Peace. Welcome. The Heard of Relationships Radio Show is copyrighted, known as to use and heard of the show without express written consent from myself, Greg Dessert. Licensed relationship and sex counselor, Greg Dazinski's, also known as Master G, the art of relationships who cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy in your romantic relationships. He will also welcome live calls from listeners and help with these very challenges. Heard of the old repetitive and tiresome tit-for-tat arguments? That gets to the root of couples' challenges in a quick, matter-of-fact format, plus applies compassion and humor. Joining us covering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and climax to a happier you. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan. But <laughs> to some of us, he is simply known as Master G. Hey, everybody, it's Greg, uh, uh, Detroit's love guru, coming to you live from Detroit. And actually, this is going to be the last episode coming to you from my office in Detroit. As many people know, mostly my clients, I've been keeping it sort of on the down low a little bit as far as I am going to be relocating to... Uh, Southfield, which is uh, for people that, that don't know the area that well, I'm going to be, uh, it's all 15 minutes from downtown Detroit, and that is going to take place this weekend, actually. So welcome uh, to the Art of Relationships radio show, and I am your host, uh, Greg Dzinski, licensed professional counselor here in the state of Michigan, relationship sex specialist, and Welcome to those people just uh, tuning in for the first time. You give me a call, 313-614-9498. You can also, uh, let me type this in there. You also go to my website, um, theartofrelationships.org. And let me type this in real quick. It should be in the heading, but for whatever reason, it is not. <laughs> so. Um, Join the fun. Uh, you can answer the questions down below. Uh, whatever questions you have doesn't have to do with the topic of the show tonight. Of course, it can be. And uh, we are going to uh, be kicking off. We're going to talk about, first of all, am I enough? Basically, are you enough? Do you feel like you are enough in your relationship? Do you feel, you know, you are good enough, sexy enough, smart enough? Um, maybe funny enough in your relationship and to your partner, or do you always feel like they're belittling you, criticizing you, ripping on you, uh, maybe teasing you with sort of, you know, half truths in there, you know, sort of the sarcasm and a little bit of maybe too much sarcasm, too much teasing. Like I said, that it cuts the core 
and it, it hurts a lot. And are you able to um, are you able to look at the aspect and look at um, am I enough? Is your partner always, you know, putting you down, always ripping on you, criticizing you? Like you're not enough. You're not basically you're not good enough for them. And this could be do you in the sexual realms too. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. We're going to get into um, are you, you know, your crazy sexual experiences. I did a show. Oh my God, probably a year ago, close to a year ago on looking at the elements as far as um, your, you know, whacked out or, um, you know, what your sexual embarrassments, you know, type of the thing you go to have sex and you slip and oop, hit the wrong hole and you're, ah, you know, to her and she's, oh, screaming, hurt and all that stuff, you know, the embarrassing. I did that show, but this, I want to talk about your crazy sexual experiences. Um, are you shy? Do you share those with, you know, your partner, with your loved one, or do you sort of keep them on the down low a little bit and look at the elements to where, you know, I, I'm not ever going to share that. I'm embarrassed, whatever. Or, you know, your partner might sort of use them against you, throw them in your face down the road. Um, I don't want that, but are you able, we're going to talk about, maybe we'll see how many brave souls are out there this evening and to talk about your maybe crazy sexual experiences, or maybe you're shy, you don't want to, maybe you got it on um, in a dressing room, maybe you got it on on your front yard um, at noon, you know, <laughs> uh, whatever, you know, nothing, maybe it landed you in jail, maybe you got a citation, you know, a ticket or whatever, those elements, I, I don't want you getting in trouble or anything like that, but I want you to be able to, you know, have a little fun this evening, have a little bit of share on what is going on, okay? So, going to look at, I'm talking about, first off, we are going to hit on, do you feel like you're good enough in your relationship or in your marriage? Like, when I mention relationship, it covers all facets, okay? It covers um, the elements of being married, being, you know, you're living together, maybe you're you're in a committed relationship, be it married, living together, not living together, okay? Exclusive relationship, we'll say that, okay? And do you, you know, do you feel good enough in your relationship or is it always like, you know, your partner is way up here and you feel like you're down there and that you're beneath them, that you're not good enough for your partner, okay? Um, and, you know, one, we already uh, mentioned that, um, you know, depends on, someone mentioned, depends on the day, I know I need to not always take some of the things my husband says so personally. I wish I was more sexual for my husband. Uh oh, we can get in. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll touch on that too. So, you know, bring that in. And people, you know, you're going to hear some names I mentioned on the discussion below that you're looking at the dynamics to where I, I mentioned their names. Okay. They gave me permission to use their names a long time ago. Uh, but, you know, without your permission, I'm not going to say your name. I'm not being rude. It's just to respect your privacy and your confidentiality. And that's, you know, that's sort of why that's not sort of, that's why I'm doing it. So if you give permission in the discussion, you know, below the video below and say, hey, Greg, you can use my name or go ahead, use my name. It's fine. You know what? If not, I'm not going to, you know, use your name anyways. So 
you know, once in a while, do you, and that's a good point that, you know, the listener mentioned in the discussion board that do you take things so personally that everything is a shot that you don't feel good enough because of your, you know, let's face it, a lack of confidence, a, you know, a unhealthy self-esteem to where you take everything personally and therefore yourself, your partner could do, you know, let's face it, nothing's perfect, but your partner could do everything, to, you know, treat you as an equal, to treat you loved, desired, make you feel important. And maybe it's just within, you know, within yourself that you don't feel good enough for your partner, maybe for anybody. So this is what I look at, you know, when I work uh, with couples in my office here that you look at, um, you know, is it a self-esteem issue or is it a relationship issue? Meaning one person's making the other one feel not love, not, you know, let's face not good enough, not sexy enough, not, you know, smart enough, whatever, to where those elements you hit on that, you know what, it's just, it's degrading, it hurts, it, it's crazy. And I don't want that element. I want that to be able to look at um, the situation to where you are, you feel equal, you're, you're right here, you know what, you feel great, um, you love each other. So I look at, is it, a relationship issue or is it, you know, a self-esteem issue? And what I do, and I've always done this forever and ever and ever working with couples, is that I work on building the self-esteem up, the self-worth of each individual at the same time as a relationship because I feel it has to happen that way. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it because let's face it, when you feel better about yourself, you're more confident maybe there's no taboo topics and it takes so much stress off the relationship that you don't always have to ensure or reassure each other in a relationship that you love each other, that you're desired, you show it. That's okay. And you look at those elements. I'm not saying, you know what, he doesn't show me, he loves me, desires me, uh, treats me like crap. And you know what, I still feel like I'm, you know, worthwhile in a relationship. I still feel like I'm good enough. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. I don't want you lying to yourself either. But you're looking, doing an honest assessment. You know what? Is this a lack of confidence in myself? Or is this my partner? You know what? They're not showing me that they love me. He's not showing me. She's not showing me that, you know, they love me, they care for me, that I'm worthy and that I'm important enough for them. And also maybe not good enough sexually. And we're going to get on to that element before, like one of the listeners mentioned, you know, I wish I was more sexual for my husband. And I want to know um, a little bit more about that. We'll get that towards the latter part of the show and make sure all the kids are <laughs> kids are sleeping and not listening to the sexual content, whatever. What doesn't matter? No, you should be keeping an eye on your kids anyways. Okay. So uh, what are some elements that you look at that maybe you're not good enough in your relationship. I want you to feel good enough. I tell people, you know what? You deserve to be loved. You deserve to feel important and to feel cherished and to feel, you know, incredible in your relationship. Nothing's perfect. We all going to have our off days. However, you know what? Do you deserve that? And do you look at number one, you know, part of self-confidence is, you know, number one is being able to assess yourself, ourself, and look at what am I doing maybe to cause my partner to belittle me, to maybe not love me? Am I, am I ridiculing them all the time? Am I being mean? Am I being 
cold and distant, not affectionate, not caring, and not understanding, compassionate, and therefore it causes them to distance, right? We need to check ourselves first and be confident enough to do that. Not everything's our fault, but I want you to look at and to assess, you know what, what the hell am I doing maybe to cause them and to be able to talk about it. Then it comes to the point where, okay, you check yourself and everything is okay. Now I want you to look at, you know what, that you don't feel good enough. And I want you to be able to voice that to your partner and be able to voice it to each other and, you know, look at what the heck is going, going on in the situation. You know what, what the heck is, you know, why are you treating me this way? Why, you know, I feel below, I don't feel as important to me. And it could come to the situation where maybe one feels like more empowered because they're making more money than the other partner or feels more in control. And you know what, I'm making more money. So you, I get to say so of whatever goes on in the relationship, which might be a little bit BS, but you look at the elements to where, you know what, what are you doing? You know, what are they doing to make you feel that you're not good enough, okay? Number one thing is I want you to look at why in the hell are you tolerating it for number one? And, you know, are you bringing it up to your partner? Are you doing it from the heart? You know what, it hurts. I don't feel like I'm good enough for you that I'm not, you know, maybe sexual enough like the one, you know, mentioned below. I'm not sexual. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm attractive enough to you. I'm, you know, maybe not smart enough to you. I don't communicate as well as you do. All these aspects um, that's how I feel. And if your partner, well, yeah, and all this, and they don't change their behavior. My question is number one, why are you in that relationship or in that marriage to begin with? And we can, I can do a whole nother show about that, you know, kids finances. And I never, ever condone staying in a relationship for those reasons. But like I said, that'll be, that'll be another show down the road sometime. Okay. I want you number one, if you feel like you're not good enough, I want you to voice it. Speak from the heart, as always, on numerous shows I talk about. Try not to come out in anger. Try not to attack your partner. I know it's hard, okay? And I got people probably listening right now, Greg, that's freaking impossible. <laughs> but I want you to speak from the vulnerability and the hurt that's coming right from your heart that you're able to look at the element to where, you know what? I don't feel like I'm good enough for you. You treat me like this. You treat me like that. Give concrete examples of maybe what's going on in the dynamics of your marriage or your relationship that, you know, adds to the credence about why you don't feel important, that you don't feel, um, you know, you don't feel like you're a priority in a relationship, that you're not good enough, okay? And if your partner, you know what, I want your partner to be empathetic, to be compassionate and to listen and be there and how much you hurt with that. Look at, okay, you know what? I'm sorry. What can I do to make you feel this way? Again, if your partner is doing a great job, I don't want you to BS yourself. I don't want you to bullshit yourself now. If they're doing a good job, you know, you know, making you feel like you are a priority, making you feel like you are good enough in a relationship, do you, you know what? And if they're not, they need to own up to that. They need to say, you know what, I need to do a better job of showing you this or, you know, being empathetic and being compassionate and 
connect with you on the emotional level and say, what can I do to show you you are good enough to me, that you are attracted to me? And I'm not talking about lip service. I on every show I talk about just people just giving lip service. You know, I, I am in love with you. You are attractive, you know, I'm very attracted to you. Oh my God, I find you sexy, whatever. But then they're not touching you not kissing you they're not initiating sex with you and then you're looking at hmm right do you listen to the words or do you look at the actions people that know me well enough they know you're gonna look at the freaking actions okay plain and simple that's what you're gonna do you're gonna look at those actions to look at you know you're telling me this but you know what i don't believe it because you're not showing me that and if those people, you know, always use excuses, you know, I'm not because kids are always around. I'm always tired. I get that, you know, working long hours. Believe me, I get it. Tired, whatever. But there's got to be some movement. There has to be some behavior, some action behind those words. Or let's face it, I, I could be with somebody and she's telling me, Greg, you're sexy. You turn me on big time. But let's see, always not initiating sex. I'm getting turned down, rejected, which that ain't going to last long because then I'm going to stop <laughs> um, and look at, okay, what am I doing to turn you off? All that aspect. But then I'm looking at, okay, you're telling me one thing, but you're showing me another thing and they don't jibe, okay? And what can I do to be maybe more sexy? What can I do to be good enough? What can I, I'm all about that. But now you have to put, you know, don't hold all that weight on yourself. You need to have your partner, you know what, put their mouth where, you know, put their mouth where their words are, put their actions where their words are, right? Um, don't just flip at the mouth. That's what I was trying to say. There's got to be behaviors to back that up, okay? And, uh, you know, some examples I run across, you know, weekly are, you know, people belittling everybody. You're not good enough. I've had a couple, you know, that I've been working with for a bit, you know, he will sit there and say, what are you effing stupid? You, you're so stupid. You act like a child. You, I mean, very belittling, very degrading. And you know, you're looking at, and then you want her to be affectionate physically with you. It's like, really? For Well, that's how you show how I feel better. And you calm me down. And it's all about them or him, you know what? You're not going to feel like you're good enough. So why would you want to, right? Put yourself out there to risk being ripped apart again, to be able to be, you know, belittled again, that you're not good enough. A lot of people, let's face it, we're going to move away from that pain and get away from that. If we don't feel like we're good enough in a relationship, we're going to withdraw. You know, there, I see two extremes. One person will do you know, that doesn't feel good enough, they're going to bust their butt. They're going to do everything like everything is their fault. And they're going to do everything possible to make themselves, you know, feel good or almost like they're begging and pleading their partner to give them the essence, to give them the proof that they are good enough. You know what? It's almost like being a doormat. Then the other aspect is I'm not good enough. I'm not going to do anything. Screw you. You think, you know, and then they're going to withdraw. Both of them I consider being very emotionally immature, plain and simple. Okay. It has nothing to do with age. You're using it as a vengeance. You're using it as an attack me mechanism to shut down further. I don't want that. I want you to address those issues and command respect and command that you do feel good enough. And if you are being belittled, 
and ripped apart, uh, you know, and not being touched and not being, you know, hugged and, you know, affectionate maneuvers towards you and actions towards you. I want you to be able to be brave enough and confident enough to bring up, hey, I want this. This is how I feel loved. This is how I feel, you know, that I am good enough to you. Not only, you know, other avenues about feeling good enough. What about decision making in your relationship? You know, marriage relationships, you know, if you're living together and you're making, you know, maybe going to purchase furniture, going to get a different car, whatever the hell it is, you know, a vacation, whatever. And you are that person is always making decisions on their own for maybe they make more money, whatever. And they're not taking you into consideration. That's another way of telling you or showing you that, you know what, you're not good enough because I could care less about your opinion. I could care less about what you think. Maybe I'm exaggerating. You know, maybe they don't feel that way, but that's what they're showing you. And I want you to say, you know what, I feel like I'm not good enough because you don't clue me in into decisions that you make. You don't, you know, into your own decisions. That might not even affect us, but at least I'm a partner. I want to feel like I'm important enough for you to share your life and what's going on with you and your decision. And I, I want to feel valued like my opinion matters. So with decision-making, especially in a married dynamic or maybe living together, you know what? And there's other ways besides, you know, affection, um, sexual aspects about not feeling good enough. It's about decision-making. It's about the way they talk to you, communicate to you, belittling and all this aspect. And my question to you out there is, why the hell are you tolerating it? I want you to look at what you're doing, maybe to trigger it, to cause it, of course. But then it comes to the point where, you know what, you have to command respect for yourself because if you don't do it, no one else is going to do it for you. I hate to tell you this. No one else is going to come and hold your hand and take care of that for you. Plain and simple, okay? And if there is somebody that's going to, an in-law, um, you know, maybe your relative that wants to stick up for you, do all this, you know what? That's not being an adult, okay? That That's having someone else fight your battles for you. And you know what? They're going to lose, your partner's going to even lose more respect for you. You need to be able to grow up, evolve, become more emotionally mature and confident enough to say, it's important to me. If it's not important to you that I feel, you know what, that I'm good enough, maybe I'm with the wrong partner and I need to, you know what, peace out and get to a more, a healthier, more, you know, better situation for myself in a relationship, okay? Now, let's get back into some, ooh, we got some good questions, okay? Um, good aspect about going on from this aspect, okay? Looking at the dynamics before or down below, we're looking at, someone mentioned that, um, let's face it, romance is just as as important communication. Absolutely. And this romance is a huge, you know, romance can be, and there's a bunch of different things. Everybody assumes romance might be flowers, love notes, whatever. Romance could be the way you talk to each other, the way you flirt with each other, the way you, um, you know, whatever, compliments. There we go, affirmations with each other. And romance can be a part of feeling good that you're good enough by compliments, by those, you know, words of expressions and, you know, little love notes. So everybody is, you know, romance is very subjective. You know, when we say romantic, 
everybody could have a, you know, diff, a different definition. You know what? Romantic is going bowling together, going, you know, whatever. I don't mean to, you know, whatever, going to a monster truck pole together. Oh, that's romantic. It might be, may not, my, that's not for me. <laughs> I look at, um, you know, maybe that is. So I don't want to belittle anything like that, that aspect, whatever. Okay. And someone mentioned, you know, I'm sorry. I think you might come from a place of hurt. If not, forgive me. I just have been there. We all have come from, you know, a place of hurt. And I'm going to get into, um, someone mentioned, I'm angry. I done everything. He left after 17 years, uh, stopped sex, 10 years in the marriage. Um, I fought for my family. Uh, I fought for my family. I wasn't good enough. Now I'm alone and starting over. I don't know how. And that that is very, very sad um, to do that, to start over part of a aspect. I need to do a show. I did a show um, a while ago, probably eight months ago, about healing through breakups and divorce and getting a more sense of self and getting more of your confidence back, especially if you've been dogged out, you've been cheated on, whatever. It can shatter your essence and who you are. And I don't want you to give up that power to that person. And one aspect is, you know, you can be underneath that angry and everything. You feel like you give everything, everything, and you're not good enough. You know, you look at, now, am I good enough? And it's just that person. Get it? We can be very loving, very romantic, very caring, very compassionate, funny, whatever. And some people are just, let's face it, some people are just dogs. Some people are just hoes where, you know what, they, they you know, they do things that disrespect us. They do things that... Maybe it has nothing to do with us. It's about them. Maybe it's about their ego. So these are some aspects I want you to look, you know, look at within yourself and look at if you're doing all this. And you know what? Then you look at why are you tolerating that? And why would you want to be with someone that doesn't treat you with mutual respect, that doesn't show you they love you, that doesn't show you that they care, that they um you know what, that they desire you, okay? And these are the elements to where I want you to look at and start rebuilding your sense of self and look at, you know what, I am good enough. I Look at the things you did do. And there, there's um, an element come up with that. I want people to, on healing process, okay? I want you to write, write down everything that is good about you for 30 seconds, Okay. Um, it's a little exercise. It's weird. Don't forget about the negative. You're focusing on, you know, the good things for 30 seconds. They don't have to be in sentence form, whatever. You know what? I'm great at kissing. You know, I'm compassionate, loving, caring, understanding, empathetic, sexy, whatever it is. Give great head, you know, whatever, great and bad, whatever it is for 30 seconds. I want you to write down the things that are good about you. And these are going to help you focus more on the positive aspects of you. You know what? And true confidence is, yeah, we can look at our faults and I want us to evolve them and grow and work through our faults and work on our weaknesses. I don't want us to ignore them, but I also don't want us to focus solely on our negatives. That's going to bring in depression. It's going to just kick our butts self-esteem wise, and there's more to us than our faults. So that's going to be one aspect to one element. Okay. <clears throat> we have another question, which is awesome. How do you teach someone to be empathetic? Now, this is, I get this question 
more, I, I get this question a lot, actually. And it, it's a great question. And one aspect is you, you try to give examples, okay? Not everybody, not everybody is, can be taught to be empathetic, okay? There's some people that manipulate and they don't really show remorse, no guilt. They're very manipulative like sociopaths, okay? Or maybe narcissistic individuals. They're actually narcissistic personality disorders, if you will, that, you know what, they, they, chances are they will never be empathetic. Most people, maybe because of trauma, because of life trauma, sexual abuse, getting, um, you know, physically abused, verbally abused, that type of aspect or, you know, severe neglect, that they block off all that care for anybody else because it's a protect mechanism. So one aspect is to, you know, to teach um, empathy is, you know what, what would it be? And I'm going to go right to the core and this almost a tough, what happens if you have a child and that child is hurt? Maybe they got diagnosed and knock on wood. I don't wish this on anybody. I've dealt with um, too many parents that have lost children over the years too. So I don't ever wish anything bad, but this is part of an example to, you know what, could you imagine if you lost a child, if a child, you know, broke their arm, if the child came down with cancer, what would your reaction be? That is a great form of, you know what, trying to express empathy, right? That you care, that you compassion, right? And that is one, those things are life examples. Can you imagine what it would feel like if you had a child that passed? Can you imagine, you know what, feeling so sad or feeling so bad about yourself? And a lot of people that have a hard time empathizing with us, empathizing with their loved one, if you want to say that, is those, you know, that are very logical, very rational in their thinking, they have this tunnel vision that, you know, it doesn't make sense. Well, to them, feelings don't make sense because they don't matter. I hate to say it, but that's how it sounds. Not that it doesn't matter, but that's how it comes across. And some people are, have a hard time empathizing, feeling compassion for anything. Another one, you know, if someone had a dog, a pet, and they had to put it to sleep. What would that feel like? These You use these examples, and some people, if they actually don't feel anything and they don't feel bad, especially with the child, um, even if they don't have a kid, that they can't, you know, I don't have a kid, so why would I even think about it? That they don't even try to connect with their emotion or heart, chances are, you know what, it's going to be more difficult. If not, the percentages are very, very low for them to learn empathy okay it's going to be very very difficult i'm going to be honest with you if they can't connect first i want to look at again you know is there trauma is there trauma getting in the way where they block their heart off they block caring for somebody else because they didn't get cared back so it's a self-protect mode and that's where i want to look at part of that like i said the exercises or the questions i asked would help in that matter okay that would be number one um, or, I, you know, that would be the first thing I would go after. And then we go after, you know, some other more in-depth aspects. Okay. Um, another one mentioned, you know, I started over. So, so can you girl, you know what? That's good advice. Anger is just hurt with no soft place to speak or to land. I get that. And a lot of aspect, a lot of anger, not all, but most anger. I tell people all the time it comes from 
um, feeling disrespected, feeling not loved, not desired, not important, or like I, you know, the topic of tonight was not feeling like you're good enough in the relationship. And instead of feeling the vulnerability in the heart, felt aspects it comes out in anger and attack and you just want to rip everything apart because it, it's almost like uh you know uh, it gets to a point where instead of self-hatred which is unhealthy you know it comes out in anger and all of a sudden we start carrying a big chip on our shoulders and you know the negative attitude the depression everything is bad everyone is out to get us everything it, it's very hard to shake that aspect but it is possible. I, I tell people all the time that, um, you know what, you deserve to be loved. You deserve to be cared for. And on your terms, that doesn't mean selfishness. I'm all about two people giving selflessly to each other. Okay. Um, that's what there's a give and take and an ebb and flow. But you look at if you're giving, 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 and that person is not, I'm, I'm like, why I get it. it hurts. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt, but I want you to look at why don't you deserve to be loved, to be cared for, to be, you know, sexually pleased and to be, you know, sexually attractive to your partner. Those are crucial. And I want you to look at those elements and look at how, you know, you can look at those aspects along, you know, with look at those things. Like I said, the 30 second exercise where you write all those elements the positive things, the good things about you, um, friendly, kind, compassionate, sexy, great kisser, sweet ass, whatever, whatever it is, you know, the focus on the positive in your element, okay? And we are going to um, get into, ooh, we are going to get into what are your crazy sexual experiences people i want to hear them i want to i want to know what they are um i want to know what those are oops sorry um take a little drink <coughs> excuse me and um gonna talk about you know what are your crazy sexual experiences and those elements okay um and we're gonna get in that i, I want to get into a comment on discussion. Like I said, the show the show is about you and to help you through your problems, your challenges, be it grief, loss, um, of course, relationships, sexual challenges. So the show is for you. And before I get on to maybe your crazy sexual experiences, get on to, um, oh, thank you. Uh, you, meaning me, couldn't have put it better. When I had a miscarriage, oh my God, I'm so Sorry about that. I felt so disconnected from my husband, and that's sad, okay? Um, it felt as though it didn't matter to him. He just wouldn't talk about it. Not that I wanted to dwell on it, but sometimes to make things easier, I need to talk about them. Absolutely. I agree with that. And I, you know what? I'm not going to – I'm going to look at maybe your husband was in pain too, number one, and he didn't. he doesn't express that pain. He just hides it, buries it. And also, maybe he doesn't know how to handle or didn't know how to handle watching you in pain and of that tragic loss. And that, you know, a miscarriage is tragic. It, for a lot of people, women and men alone, a miscarriage, some people, oh, no big deal. But to a lot of people, it's a loss, especially if you've been trying to, you know, get pregnant and have a baby or you're excited, been trying and you're pregnant and you get miscarriages, especially if there's been, you know, more than one. 
and you get paranoid, then you get pregnant again. And you I dealt with a lot of this uh, with people, unfortunately. So to be like, you know, that's a great example of well, being empath- empathetic and being compassionate and acting like he didn't care, but at least maybe it didn't affect him in the same way that affected you, which that's fine. That, that's not wrong, but he needs to show that it matters to you and that he's there for you emotionally and that, you know, he can hold you and empathize with you and show that he loves you and cares for you and deep, you know, one person, he might be more upset with the miscarriage than a female, believe it or not, it's happened. And, you know, how can you be there for each other? And that is the big thing, you know, especially during a, a miscarriage or any loss or let's face it, any traumatic event is being there for each other. And that is, you know, sort of the foundations and the emotional connectedness that is needed in a relationship or marriage to hold it together is being there emotionally for each other. Okay. So I, I look at, you know, I, I don't go out and bash people right away, not right away, but looking at what has, um, you know, is he hurting himself and he doesn't know how to deal with it? Number one. And he, number two is that, you know what, he doesn't know how to be there for you. He, you know, it tears him up to see you hurting and in all that pain and a tragedy of a miscarriage, he doesn't know how to be there for you. So he doesn't do anything. He shuts it off, whatever. Okay. That could be, those could be two things. Now, the third thing is that he just wants you to suck it up, get over it. Cause it's no big deal. Aha. That is being an asshole. I, I don't know. Is that a clinical term? Asshole. <laughs> that is, um, that's just being an ass. Okay, plain and simple. And that 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 has no gender bias to it. It could be a woman that's being that way too. Um, that he doesn't care, just suck it up, get over it, and let's, you know, like it never happened, moved on. You know what? That's very traumatizing. Not to mention, you know, maybe he needs to get educated with empathy and the care and compassion. Not only that, depending how long, you know, of the miscarriage. You know, I don't know how many weeks you were when you had the miscarriage, whatever, but you're talking, you know, if you're beyond like six to eight weeks, okay, you're talking almost two months, the pregnancy hormones, I mean, they're, they're at their peak. They, they are popping big time. And when you have a miscarriage, those hormones just crash. So they drop out of you and, you know, the way the female body is with the estrogen levels and the hormone and progesterone levels, what happens is your body crashes with the miscarriage. Not only do you have the loss, the loss, I'm sorry, of, you know, with the miscarriage, you have that loss, that tragedy, I can't even talk, sorry, that you also have um, the crash of the hormones with it that just, you know, magnify the, the hurt and the tragedy and the trauma and the hurt and the loss. Um, not only that, you don't feel like you're good enough that, you know, let's face it. A lot of people, they have a miscarriage. They did something. Oh, it's my fault. I shouldn't have ate this. I shouldn't have done this. And some miscarriages, unfortunately, it's just, it's nobody's fault. It, it just unfortunately happens and it's not a viable pregnancy. Um, and I'm not being cold at all. I'm, I'm doing it because I don't want you to, oh, I, it's my fault. I did this. If I didn't do this when I was a teenager, this wouldn't have happened. I don't want you to bash yourself. Not at all. But I want your, you know, the husbands or boyfriends out there with a the miscarriage or whatever to understand the female body that, you know, talk about, you know, 
when it gets to the, you know, period state, right? That time of the month, ladies, you know how the hormones fluctuate, whatever. When you're pregnant and they crash like that, they're like five times worse. Not all, but a lot of women, when they have miscarriages, those hormone pregnancies, you know what? It's got, it's just going to freaking exaggerate everything else, the trauma, the loss. And of all times, you want your partner to be there for you and to be empathetic and caring and try to be understanding for you. Even if he doesn't feel the same, he doesn't have to feel the same as you, the intensity that you feel, not at all, but he needs to be there for you too. Now, if he, like I said, if he doesn't care or she doesn't care, then maybe you're with the wrong partner. Maybe is that their personality? You have to look at, are they like that all the time with certain situations like that? Times of need, emotional need. Are they like that all the time or just, you know, certain tragedies that they shut it off and they shut down because they can't emotionally handle it themselves. So they become cold, they become hardened. And so I want you to look at that. Is it a personality thing or is it a... You know what? Big thing, okay? Lisa is in the house. Hey, Lisa, what's up? Long time no talk to. Um, nice seeing you on the show. Yeah. And another comment, you know, this may sound wrong, but some days I'm thankful because I'm not sure we were ready. No, it, that, that's okay. Don't feel bad about that at all. That doesn't sound wrong at all. Sometimes some people you look at, you know, the dynamics of a relationship and you, they could be rocky. They could be, you know, down the toilet and all of a sudden you get pregnant. So, oh yeah, it's going to make our relationship better and all this stuff. It's going to put more stress on you. It's going to be, I'm going to tell you, you having a baby, it's going to be a lot more stress on a relationship and more times than not, man, it's going to make that relationship worse. Okay. For a healthy, strong relationship, having kids is difficult, puts a lot of stress on a relationship. So it doesn't sound wrong at all. Hell no, not at all. Okay. And I want you to be able to, you know, that sometimes it can be in your aspect. It's okay to think it's a relief and you're thankful for, you know, a miscarriage. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people, oh my God, how could you, again, everybody's different. You need to look at how it affects you. Okay. Big time. That's it. Don't allow society to, you know, put their war path and, you know, have their vengeance on you. It's not their life. It's your life. Okay. So I want you to be able to realize that. And if you're thankful, then that's okay. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Okay. So, you know, and all this relates to, you know, being able to be there for each other and that you're able to look at the dynamics to where, you know, that you are good enough and maybe, you know, when your partner, I'm not good enough to care. And that's where, you know, with maybe the lack of empathy and lack of compassion and care for one another might be, you know, I'm not good enough for them to care about me. Maybe they, they're more compassionate towards a friend of theirs than they are their own wife or husband. Get it? And you're looking at why. And you need those elements to look at, you know what, what the hell is going on? And I need to, I deserve better. I deserve, you know, someone to treat me with respect, treat me like they love me, that they show me at least, you know, compassion, you know, doesn't have to be a doormat. That's not healthy, but at least be there and understand and try to help you through that. Yes. Some people need, you know, the old cartoons or Abbott Costello 
old-time uh, TV show, you know, oh, snap out of it, snap out of it. We all need that from time to time. You know, some people, I've mentioned this a lot, um, need your hand held, and some people need a kick in the pants to get motivated or get through things. Those elements doesn't necessarily in themselves mean you're not good enough. I get how it might feel, but now you're looking at, okay, are they showing me that they don't care about me? Are they, you know, they could care less if I'm hurting, if I'm upset, if I am um, had a bad day, if, you know what, uh, my mom passed away and us and they're like, oh, get over it. No big deal. They were old anyways. You're like, man, that's cold. You want someone, you want to feel like you are good enough. You know what? That you are worth it, that you are, you know what? You can say, I am enough for you now. I don't want you to be lazy and say that, you know what? Yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that, but I'm good enough. And, and that's one aspect before I let go this evening. I'm, I'll get back to um, maybe cra crazy sexual experiences. We'll get back to that. We'll cover that next week when we have more time. Um, but, you know, looking at, I want you, you know what? I don't want you to look at, okay, you're lazy. You're not showing love. You're not showing compassion. You're not showing that your partner is um, sexy and attractive. Uh, you're not making him or her feel attractive. You're not making them feel important. You know, I'm going to put this on the other part. And you're looking at, yeah, I'm good enough. I am enough. I'm like, you're BSing yourself. You know what? You know what? If you are an asshole and you're sitting there saying you are good enough, you know what? Now I'm looking at, are you narcissistic? Um, or arrogant, right? Or what, you know, what's going on? Or are you just doing that to BS yourself? Because we all know people, I, I can sit around, you know, do nothing, watching TV all day, don't want to work, don't want to clean. I'm not gonna, I don't want, you know, making love with you, have sex with you. And, you know, I'm not going to be nothing. You know, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to do anything. And that person says, I'm enough. I'm good enough for you. And you're like, you know what? Now, if you're one of them, I don't want you lying to yourself. Like I said, true confidence is you are able to look at your faults, look at doing honest assessment by doing these things. And there's some people, you know what? They're not going to want to do anything and they still think they're good enough. And I look at, are you just BSing yourself? Or you got some, maybe some more serious emotional challenges going on, but that's not reality. And we all know people like that, right? Yeah, you're lucky to be with me. And they're not doing anything to make the relationship work. They're not doing anything to show their partner they love them, cherish them, desire them. You know what? That's crazy, okay? Now, I want you to do an assessment and look at, you know what? Am I enough, right? Am I good enough for, that, for your partner? If you don't feel you are, talk to them, okay? Speak from the heart, not anger, okay? talk to them. And then we will be back next week. I'm doing a show as a lot of people know I am. Um, a lot of people might not know, my clients know that I am moving my office from downtown Detroit um, to Southfield this coming weekend. Okay. Um, so I'm doing a little bit short show, all those aspects. Okay. So I want you to um, have a great hump night, people. Thank you for listening. If this is your first time paying attention, listening to the show, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Peace and love to everybody out there, okay? Everybody have a great hump night. Talk to you soon, okay? Take care.
拜拜。